0: Welcome to Infinite Possibilities, Rise from the Ashes of Your Past, a show where emotional health and resiliency are the keys to moving through all that stuff from your past that's holding you back in your life, business, and relationships, and hijacking the success you desire. Listen in and feel empowered to step into all of your possibilities. Now here's your host, Susan Desenzi. Welcome back to this episode of Infinite Possibilities. I am so glad to be here today and I am super excited to have an amazing, amazing woman with me today. This is a person that I met not too long ago, actually, who has an incredible story and I'm going to introduce her to you in just a minute, but I really want to kind of start with you know, we're on this emotional roller coaster of this adulting stuff, right? As we've talked about quite a bit now. And it can be really challenging to learn how to kind of master the controls of that, kind of know how to speed up this roller coaster we're on or slow it down. How many twists and turns are we going to be facing in our lives? And sometimes, as we've talked about these emotions and these challenges and these experiences can get the better of us. And so today I really wanted to bring on this guest because she has an incredible background story and she has overcome a lot. And I wanted to be able to share that with you so that you all could begin to see how to kind of move through things in a way that really helps propel you forward. So Without further ado, this is a woman who has been a flight attendant for over 31 years. Okay, so you might wonder, a flight attendant, like, what does that have to do with, you know, emotions? What does that have to do with, you know, kind of moving through all this stuff? Well, first of all, she doesn't look, and you can't see her, but knowing her, she doesn't even look old enough to have been in the field for over 31 years, But with that, she has helped thousands of students throughout her career with finding and narrowing their niche. Now, isn't that an important topic when you're in business, right? You know how a gardener really ultimately kind of cultivates and nurtures plants to help them grow? Well, I liken her to being a business gardener, right? She helps And assists others in really starting and growing their business. And that often includes finding their own niche, their own path, right? Through that process, she really helps them to kind of find those limiting beliefs that hold them back. She helps them really be a better version of themselves. And isn't this what we're all looking for in today's day She also really helps to connect people with other people. Now, that's a pretty important thing, especially when we're all out there as entrepreneurs or coaches or authors or speakers, and we're trying to kind of figure out who it is that we need to get in touch with to kind of help us continue to grow. So it is my honor and pleasure to welcome Angela Sturgeon here today. Angela, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing?
1: I'm so great, Susan. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: Oh, my pleasure. So, one of the interesting things, and and I want to, to find out, you know, kind of like what are some of the things that you overcame and kind of how you did that. But one of the things I want to comment first is that the really cool thing about Angela, and I hope that you'll all find this throughout our time together today, but that the name of her company is called. Curiosita. Isn't that cool? So first, (laughs) what I'd really love to know is, how did you come up with that name? It's just really kind of intriguing.
1: Well thank you so much. Yes, I I guess it's a culmination of a couple different things. I took a class in college called How to Think like Leonardo. And in that course, we went through several different chapters on how he thought, and what really resonated with me was the chapter called curiosita. It's an insatiably curious approach to life and an unrelenting quest for continuous learning. And I thought that is really me and I I'm so curious about the world and so curious about people and what they do. And, and so when I was thinking, how do I come up with this next chapter of my life? When I retire as a flight attendant, what is it that I really want to do? And that's exactly kind of what you explained. I, i love to connect people. i love to just continuously learn more and grow because I feel like that's what life's all about. So that's basically where it came from.
0: That is so cool because, you know, I think, I really think in a lot of ways that a lot of people kind of lose their curiosity. You know, when we're children, we have all the curiosity in the world. And yes, it it could be said that maybe it's partially because we have you know, kind of the world at our fingertips. And when we're children, we just, you know, don't have these experiences. And then as we grow, we have them and it kind of jades us. But I think the word adult is just another word for a kid who's been around for a long time. And we kind of forget how to have that curiosity. So I really love that you are still so curious about people because I'm the same way. And that it has, help to kind of foster in you this desire to really learn more about just life and different things and people and then really help them kind of foster their own growth and curiosity and 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 it sometimes kind of leads into creating and building their business. So would you say that and again I, I want to hear kind of your story in a minute about kind of how you got here, but what would you say you do? when you work with other people?
1: Well, that's exactly it. It's I think for one thing is, is that's something that I learned at a young age, is I knew that I had a passion for working with people. And like for instance, when I first started out in college, I volunteered and I was part of a group where we helped like unwed moms, gang members, foreign students, they were basically at risk students who, you know, were at a huge risk for not graduating for different reasons. And so when I was volunteering there and and I had, you know, worked with several different students at that point, but there was this one particular one that really resonated because I had kind of been in a similar situation. I was pregnant right out of high school and had no clue what I was going to do with my life and how i was going to take care of this baby and 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 so when i worked with this one particular student her senior year she got pregnant and you know we'd gone through like trying to do uh, applications for college and and just trying to figure out what she wanted to do in her life when it got to the point where she was graduating she didn't invite me to the graduation and at first i felt really hurt And, and I thought, but in the end, what was my purpose? Why was I there in her life? And, and it brought me so much joy and I was so happy that it couldn't kill the, the feelings of happiness that I had for her by not even, I didn't have to be there with her to celebrate the culmination of this. And so I knew then that this was a passion that I had, that I really wanted to help other people in some way, shape or form. And so that's, you know, I think part of your journey when you start to recognize your talents and your gifts. And at first, you know, I thought, you know, this isn't like playing an instrument or doing something that you can say, you know, here, this is what I do. This is my passion. And so I didn't know how to explain that. But to me, I knew in my heart that whatever I did, it was definitely something like this. And then that's when I knew I I could see on the outside, just meeting people on a quick glance, I could see things about them that maybe they didn't even recognize about themselves. And so I was just trying to mirror back what they were already telling me. And, and then that I felt just kind of, you know, cultivated into being able to help them narrow their niche.
0: Wow, yeah, that that's, you know, that's so special, because I think that when someone has that because I'm the same way in the sense that I've always just known things about people and I've always like you said considered myself a mirror in their life right you know and I may have taken on the role as therapist and coach but the truth is I just I feel I hold a really good space that allows people to feel safe enough to kind of dive in and seeing those things about them that they may have trouble seeing in themselves then it's like I can kind of hold that mirror in a way that helps to guide them toward that where they feel comfortable enough to start stepping in. And it sounds like, you know, that's absolutely what you do as well. And so many of us do that. And I think that's so critical and important in dealing with all of this negative conditioning and all of these experiences and all the emotional stuff that we feel and the thoughts that are often negative that we have that really stop us. So would you say that as you kind of see this in people, how did it kind of lend itself then to, you know, not only connecting people, but become more of this avenue, it sounds like, to where you stepped into this business kind of role to really help them start and grow their business. How did that kind of come about?
1: Well, I feel like you and I are kindred spirits because you you have already like, you know, just nailed on the head so many things that I, I feel so strongly. But you know, going through, I, I kind of, you know, started out not thinking that I was going to be a flight attendant, but I, I, from a little kid, I reconnected back to that inner child. And I was like, oh my gosh, what did I do? I pretended like I was, you know, flying the plane. I pretended that I was, you know, the Barbie walking through the aisles, you know, the back of the day where you had the, you know, little Barbie kid yeah. and airplane. And, and so I, I remembered, you know, that I, I had Now I was a grown up, now I was a mother. I had all of these responsibilities and I came from the generation where you went to college, you got into student loan debt, and you may or may not even know what you really want to do, but you just figure it out when you're there and then you're kind of sealed the deal. So now you have to like stay in whatever you've chosen. And I've always had such a hard time putting myself in that peg hole. Yes. Yes. I get that. And so when I became a flight attendant, I applied, you know, the, it was back in the day, too, where you weren't supposed to be married or have children. So my very first interview, I learned that quickly because I found out that I wasn't supposed to talk about being a mother and I was a mother already. So I, I learned to kind of, you know, put that under the rug or whatever. And then, you know, as times have changed and things have changed, I I just felt like I was meant to be there. Like I got there. I got in. I'm not sure how it all you know, happened, but that it was definitely meant to be. And then when I was actually doing my job, I was like, this fits my personality so well. I I'm helping people. I'm traveling. I'm so curious. I'm asking a million questions wherever I go, you know, and it's the culture and the food and even just within the United States, you know, it's like, there's so many different cultures. And, and so I I felt like, Yay, I'm I'm so happy that I'm here that this is good. But then as, you know, time has gone on and I think about this next chapter of my life, that's where I had to go back to trying to be that curious child, you know, and think, well, what am I going to do? My kids are almost, you know, out of the house. I mean, I've got a few years till like, they graduate high school and basically they'll be moving on with their lives. I'm not married. I'm, you know, I've got nothing but all of these experiences. I was like, "What can I do with this? How do I, how do I translate what I've been doing as a flight attendant? What I love, as far as you know, connecting the people, and and how do I translate that into a career? You know, outside of this. And so that's when I came up with Curiosity because I basically just went to work on myself. I I kind of uh, took inventory and stock of Things that I've gone through in the past, and uh, what did I love? You know, if I had my perfect day, what would it look like? You know, and and I don't see myself retiring. I see myself, you know, just being completely active. That gives me a lot of confidence and self worth. And so I I knew I had to do something. And so now I feel like. I'm to an age where I don't really give a crap what people think anymore.
0: <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and I, I really just want to be authentic and genuine and, you know, go out there and connect with people in a different way. So I thought, well, again, I'm not going to put myself into that peg hole and pick one particular thing because I it's like the song of the Lion King, you know, it's like, there's more to do and to be done than can ever be done, you know? And, and so I, I really thought, well, I want to help other people do what they love. So beyond my skills and what I have to offer, you know, I definitely want to help people Go from, you know, not having to go through years of college or being able to get into debt for, you know, education and things like that. So why not connect with all these people in my Rolodex of life that I've been through that I think are amazing experts in their fields and come up with courses and things, workshops, seminars, masterminds, where you can put like-minded people together and, and you just let them do their thing and get into their jam and their riff, you know? So that's, that's exactly where I'm at. So I thought, well, I know what I have to offer and, and I definitely will offer that. But then also, you know, people like you just, I love it. That's to me, it's what it's all about. Oh Hearing yeah. Someone else's stories and, you know, learning from each other's experiences is, is what it's all about. Oh,
0: absolutely. And you know, you said something that kind of triggered this thought and and you know you said that you learned very early on in the beginnings of your career as a flight attendant that you weren't to talk about being a mother and it brings up the fact that you know we all kind of as on this show we've been talking about you know th- this emotional roller coaster of adulthood and all this adulting stuff and figuring out how to kind of move through our negative conditioning and shed limiting beliefs and all that kind of stuff, it's kind of easy to talk about, but it's kind of difficult sometimes to really understand how we can really apply it in our lives or see how it had applied before and kind of how we got to where we are with some of the maybe negative thoughts or the feelings that we have that kind of hold us back or stop us. And so what's interesting about what you said is that you know, you went into the world of flight and taking on this role as a flight attendant, but that you learned very quickly in the beginning that there are these expectations about. Now, granted, it was a different time back then, but that's the point is that there's still these expectations in our lives day to day in lots of areas. And it's interesting how you learn to adapt to that very quickly and kind of said, nope, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because that's not something I'm supposed to talk about. Because if I do, then this thing could happen that might be negative. And I really want and need to keep this job. And, And I love what I'm doing so far. So how did you kind of manage through then, as time went on, like what are some of the things that you had to overcome? What were some of those expectations that you found you faced that you started to to realize you were kind of compromising a little bit of who you are at the core for that just to kind of you know, keep the job or keep the peace in in life or whatever it might be. What are some of those things that you kind of had had to overcome and how did you do that?
1: It's such a great question. I think it goes back a little bit further from being a flight attendant (laughs) and you know, the way that I grew up and granted my family is amazing and I love them very, very much. But my grandmother was 16 when she had my mom, Mm. my mom was 16 when she had me. And so, you know, my grandmother was a very young grandmother when I was born. She definitely was kind of the one who, who taught me these skills that you're talking about. She came from a generation where, you know, she was very, uh, how do you say it? I guess I don't want to say religious, but she was like, you know, she would say to my grandpa when he would come home, you know, kind of thumping at the Bible and be like, get in here with your family and you know, sharing this with us. I don't drink, I don't smoke. And here you are coming home. Like, you know, we're, we're talking, ohio kentucky indiana area and uh, he had horses at the track and he drank and he smoked and you know it was what tobacco bourbon and horses you know and so she with four kids in tow decided to leave my grandpa takes off moves to the west coast because that's where she always wanted to go so now she finds herself out there with no support and just a very self-reliant, stubborn woman <laughs> <laughs> who ended up doing everything that she left my grandpa for, which is ironic. Wow. You know. And she, she would tell a really good story. But so I grew up in a lot of chaos. And again, you know, I was born in 1968. So you've got to imagine, you know, the time and what was going on. And And it was like, you know, you, you stay married, you don't get divorced. So my grandma would fib about those things when she would go to jobs, which I didn't realize it until you just said it that, you know, this is probably where I picked up how to be a good chameleon because she was a great chameleon. Mm. And it was definitely something that I don't see that I did it in a, you know, a negative so to speak way but more in a survival way and and so going through this you know it was interesting growing up you know there was a lot of drugs and alcohol and craziness going on and then my grandma you know was just doing whatever she could to put food on the table and i was just kind of watching everybody and Nobody was really coming together or they were, you know, my grandma was the one that held everything together, but everybody else was kind of, you know, young and with no direction. You know, my mom wasn't around a whole lot. My grandma was there, but I realized when you were talking about that, that I did a lot of those things throughout my life at different points to, to get through and get by. I remember being in junior high school. If anybody's out there listening that knew me like in junior high and high school, <laughs> I, I fibbed to, to survive. I said my dad was a pilot and that's why he wasn't around, you know, and I was already making up these aviation analogies, which is really funny because (laughs) I I didn't realize it. And, you know, I, I, I saw myself in a different light. And so the people that I put myself in front of and the, you know, the tribe, I guess, so to speak, that I was trying to create for myself outside of my chaotic home life, I wanted that stability, even though, I mean, don't get me wrong. My family was (laughs) amazing. Like I love them. There was always a lot of love, but it taught me how to be resilient and it taught me how to be flexible. I think I went to, I, I would have to go back and count all the schools, but I know I went to at least 16 different schools, you know? So, so in doing that, you learn how to fit in quickly. You know, I didn't really care. I didn't think it was funny because I would go in thinking, I'm not really gonna be here that long, so it doesn't even matter. I'll just do what I want. And, you know, it's like I would try out for a play and get the lead role or I would do whatever. And it was just funny because I had this like false confidence behind me because I didn't think I was gonna be there very long for anybody to really find out who I was.
0: Right. It's kind of like, you know, I and I totally identify by the time I was twenty eight and the and you know, the the listeners kind of know my story and my, my background. By the time I was 28, I'd moved to over 25 different homes. And so when you, you know, and that's the thing, you can have this amazing love in your family, right? Like we can, we can grow up in a family where it's very destructive and it's also chaotic and there's abuse and neglect and there's distrust and all kinds of, you know, horrific, unimaginable things. We can grow up in a family where, There's just a little bit of that. Maybe the parents fight a lot or there's just one parent or they don't get along that great or they're not very loving or very, you know, uplifting or very encouraging. We can grow up in a family where there's two parents and, you know, there's a lot of connection and we can grow up in a family where there's tremendous connection and so much love. It doesn't change the fact that we as human beings still have all these experiences inside and outside the home that will start to shape how we not only see ourselves, but how we see our lives, our peers, our futures. And it will kind of create those limiting belief patterns that we start to develop and adopt as our own and those expectations too. And then we start to make decisions and choices from that place that can skew us down a path that's, you know positive or can skew us down a path that is you know somewhat negative so it sounds like you had this amazing you know family kind of familial love unit but at the same time there was all this kind of chaos that then led you to believe that you can just kind of you know be whoever you want or need to be in the moment because you're not going to be there that long anyway Do you think that that kind of stopped you from really knowing more of who you were to where that kind of became a little problematic as you grew older, do you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, I I think like youth years, you know, into my adulthood, I definitely didn't have a a good foundation or a lot of direction. Mm -hmm. So definitely, yeah.
0: So how do you think, like if you had to kind of, You know, one of the areas that you really enjoy helping people with is is kind of being able to shed those limiting beliefs that kind of hold them back and really help them be a better version of themselves, just like I do. And so many of us are out there kind of, you know, helping our spheres of influence to learn how to do that because we've been there and kind of done it and are still doing it. And we see that the challenges that can be really hard to overcome what were some of, if you don't mind sharing, what were some of the limiting beliefs that maybe you think that you held on to as a truth for yourself that you ultimately ended up rejecting down the road as not true for you?
1: Wow, really good question. I I think, you know, definitely some of the limiting beliefs that I put on myself, I am just barely starting to recognize it took me, you know, a really long time. And, and I think a big part of the reason why I didn't recognize them is because you, you and I have talked before and you had pointed out something to me that after we hung up, I thought, oh my gosh, I, you're so right. And, and it was kind of like me becoming a flight attendant. I kept going. And, going. and I was just doing and running and, and I never really sat with myself long enough to, to see some of the things that were holding me back. So then it, it ultimately led into, you know, not healthy relationships in my life. And, and, and then those beliefs that I put on myself, like when I got into an abusive relationship and I thought, well, you know, you got yourself here. You you must deserve this for some reason or another. And and then I thought, you know, as much as my grandma had really good advice, she also helped with those limiting beliefs. And one of those was, you know, definitely that I, I wasn't worthy of having this ideal in my mind or, you know, whatever, you know, I thought should have been, the way it was supposed to be. And, and so when I found myself in this relationship, in a marriage with somebody that I trusted so much, I had put him on a pedestal and, and thought, you know, I'll never live up to, to this guy, you know, and, and then come to find out it was completely the opposite. And, and I, found myself years and years down the road, you know, and and I would have never, if you would ask me before we would have ever gotten married, you know, would you ever put up with adultery or abuse or, you know, whatever, I would have said, absolutely not, it would be totally out of there. I thought I had I had it, you know, but but then come to realize, you know, it was the story we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that was just one of the things is I thought well, I've done all these things in the past. I must be deserving of this now. I come from this background. I have this family tree, you know, or whatever. And this is pretty typical for what happens in my family. I'm actually doing way better than they ever were at my age kind of thing. And, and then the other limiting belief that I really saw was kind of like, you know, here's everybody just literally working themselves to the bone or doing things that are contrary to my inner compass, my um, <laughs> my core beliefs, uh-huh. you know. And so, you know, my grandma—I think I—I'll go into this at some other time, but you know, she literally should have been who that movie "Catch Me If You Can" was about because she oh, wow. <laughs> she was she was definitely the one who, you know, wrote a lot of bad checks back in the day. She was super smooth, and she was a woman oh my gosh. And she was beautiful and smart and cunning and witty. And, you know, it, it just definitely on the top of her game at a certain point in her life. But then again, you know, what is this teaching, you know, your family and and things like that. But I, I remember believing that I could never make more money than my family did. Or I would, you know, who do I think I am for, you know, thinking I should do better, you know, but I didn't realize that for so long. I mean, if somebody would have said that, I thought that I would have thought, you know, that's foobar, but it's like, that's really what I thought. And that's, when I, when I really kind of took stock, I said like an inventory and I ran and I ran for years and years and years. And then just maybe four years ago, when I moved back here around my family, I had all of these things that were in my face and it brought me to my knees. Like I was like, what How, you know and i remember a really good friend of mine years ago telling me you live with rose colored glasses on and i and i think i just kind of told myself certain stories that i chose to believe and that's what helped me survive
0: sure and i think that that happens a lot where you know we we are reading these stories and we think we're powerless to be able to rewrite the chapter or, to even stop reading that same chapter over and over again and start a new chapter, and you know these are kind of very cliche things that you know we hear and are said, like you know, oh, just you know rewrite your chapter or you're the creator of your chapter, and while it's true, it's very difficult in order to you know to be able to do that when no one has ever really taught us how to do that, and that's you know always been the predominant focus of this show is to help people learn how to actually move through all of this stuff, Uh, their emotions, their limiting beliefs. How can they stop reading that same chapter? How can they write the new chapter? Like what tools do they need? So I would love to hear really kind of like, what do you think it was that kind of helped you see how to do that? you know, you were able to recognize what you'd really been through. Oh, and, and I want to, I, I know I just started asking this question, but I wanted to comment really quick, going back for a second, that it's so funny that you just equated your grandmother to being kind of like the character in Catch Me If You Can, because I don't get a lot of chance to watch TV or movies or things like that. I'm just super busy. And it's so funny that, I don't know, maybe five or six days ago, I finally had a little bit of time to just go, Hey, you know, I haven't watched TV in a while or a movie or whatever. And I turned the TV on and it was late at night and that movie was on and I'd never seen it before. And so I just watched it. It was fascinating. And so I'm thinking of your grandmother then going, Oh yeah, I could see kind of the, you know, the, the resiliency that she felt she had to have for the era that she grew up in that said, I need to do these things to survive. And so I'm really curious then, being able to see you know, what you had experienced and how it wasn't serving you well anymore, how do you think you were able to find the how-to to be able to get through it and move through it? Was there any particular moment or set of moments that kind of all of a sudden made you go, aha, this is how I need to really do this and here's the tool to do it?
1: You know, I think it's definitely not any one particular moment for me. Okay. But it was definitely like an aha moment um, year.
0: <laughs> okay. Here. I like that. Not just one moment, but it was a year of moments.
1: <laughs> exactly. And and again, I think I brutally had to look some things straight in in the eye of the storm or, or however you want to put it. But yeah. going back to like nineteen ninety six, in that year, my mom, my my aunt, and my uncle all passed away very quickly together. Oh my. And um so sorry. It they were all like completely different, separate, you know, not had anything to do with each other. And so, you know, watching my grandparents go through that, that was really, really hard. And, and of course, you know, myself losing these people that I love so much, and it just kind of, you know, took you off guard, you get a phone call that they're not here anymore kind of thing. But, but there were certain things that kept coming to my mind and my heart, but I didn't pay attention to. And again, maybe even going back further than that, I remember being a really, really little girl And being in these chaotic, crazy situations, you know, running literally from hotel to hotel and and all this kind of stuff. But there was this weird protective bubble over me. Mm -hmm. And I literally almost felt like, you know, I definitely had guardian angels or something like that. So I really have always, without anybody telling me or whatever, but I've always believed in God. And so I always had this innate nature to pray. And then, you know, as I've gone through different things in my life, you know, that have been really hard. And then, um, my little, when my little brother passed away from a heroin overdose, that was really the one that really kicked my trash. I was, I really, I really had a hard time with that one. And I then found that I was doing what I had done before. Um, And, and again, it was, it was like these red flags that are trying to tell you how to deal with things, but you don't want to deal with it. Yes. So, so again, it was like years that had gone by. But so when I got here and I was like pretty much in the same surroundings of, of things that reminded me of what I forgot, because I had ran for so long for so hard and so long that. It was like I had created a new life for myself and I didn't really think about my old life. And then I came to realize that it's a part of me. Yes. This is my life. This is my journey. Yes. And and I I pulled out even like I I used to keep a journal a lot and, and I found when I moved, I, you know, I'm going through the boxes and I found all these things and I pull out these journals and it dawned on me then this. Is not just my journal, but it's my journey. This is something that has helped me in the past, so I'm going to start doing this again. I'm going to start writing because, for me, I could get it out on paper. I could get these emotions and these feelings out. I could see them. I could take them for what they were worth. I could finally face some of those red flags and things that I did not want to. But in doing so, I have become so much more at peace. And so one of the very first things of when I opened one of the journals, it said that you are a daughter of God. And so somewhere, somehow I told myself that I was a daughter of God. And then it just dawned on me, you know, so here's again, one of the aha moments is that. So then if he's my heavenly father and I'm his daughter, then I might have something important to do while I'm here you know, and, and, and what have I learned? And, and, and what do I have to offer? So it's a completely different shift of thinking. And so in doing that, I felt like finally, like it brought me to my knees. I went to him and he helped me bear things that I could have never done by myself. So for me, that was the you know the beginning of of going through all of these things just four years ago so
0: of that turning point yeah you know and i thank you so much for your vulnerability and your rawness and your honesty angela i know it's not always easy but one of the things that i love about you know the show and the guests who come on the show and all the things that you know we're talking about is that look we've you know, I've promised the listeners that we're going to keep it real. And this is about our our realness, right? That, you know, regardless of whether or not there's a kind of a set of beliefs that, that each of you have about religion or spirituality, as we've talked about from the beginning, we are you know, human beings having spiritual experiences, and that's incredible, and that fits into whatever your own paths and 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 beliefs are. But that we're also these spiritual beings having human experiences, and that's the tough part. That's where we, you know, get caught up and, and we get kind of trapped in this human set of experiences where we think that we can run and hide. And just like you said, you could only run so long. And really how I heard it as well is you could only hide so long, but eventually all of these experiences, because they're just, you know, these thoughts and feelings, these emotions, these experiences are warning signals from your emotional body that says, problem, pay attention. And we don't, we just run, we run, we do, we do, we think we have to be, I liken it to the whole shoulda, woulda, couldas, right? Right the shadows, the supposed to's, the would haves, the could haves, the what ifs. And when we do that for so long, we can try very hard to live in that space forever if we want and just keep burying our head in the sand, but eventually it usually always catches up with us in one way or another and again we have a choice at that point to either keep running and working really hard to move away, away from it and that's unfortunately Where we get things like, I'm avoiding, I'm distracting, I'm numbing out drugs, alcohol, work, family, avoidance, you know, all these ways that we try to disengage from that. Or, like you, you're willing, vulnerable, and open to the idea that maybe there are these signs there for you born out of love to help you see that you were meant and are meant for so much more i really really love and i think you need to put this on a t-shirt and this is recorded so <laughs> it is out there peeps if you take it angela sturgeon was the first to come up with it but i think you need to put on a t-shirt or have it be a, a little something Because it's such a powerful statement you made that it's not just my journal, it's my journey that is so incredibly beautiful. So where do you think then, knowing this, you kind of go from here because, and before you answer, I want to comment on the fact that, you know, I know you'll talk about this a little bit more, but one of the things that impressed me with you is that your workshop that you know, and we'll talk about this in, in a couple minutes, is called creating lift. And I thought that that was so incredible because of, one, the play on your time in the aviation world as a flight attendant, right? Like, how cool is that? Like, how do planes <laughs> really work, right? They start off slow, They they kind of build up speed, they have to get up to a certain level of speed before there is this ability to create the lift for them to kind of get up in the air and stay in the air, right? Well, that's kind of a metaphor for our lives. Like We start off kind of slow, we go along, we pick up speed, but do we ever get that lift or do we just keep running like what you were doing? And then you kind of had to stop, kind of go back to the beginning of the runway, so to speak, right? To, st- to stay with the aviation metaphor and then kind of start again from that point with your realizations to really create that lift in your life. And so it's, it's partly that, but it's also partly that in creating that, you know, kind of name for your workshop, it's about how we create lift in our life. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, yeah, you definitely need to put that on a t-shirt or something, but (laughs) do you think that, um, and I forgot what I asked, see, I'm, I'm so, I'm just so enthralled with this that it kind of see people. This is the reality of humanness. There's no, there's no perfection. There's no, you know, we're just, we're being very vulnerable and raw and spontaneous here. So do you remember my question?
1: Well, um, you, you were talking about, you know, going through really hard times and like creating lift and, and, our lives and things like that. And, and I just wanted to point out something that I really think too. what happens a lot of times, like I was talking about, you know, going through this experience. And I think so many times in my life I started to create lifts and I was just like, "Woohoo!" like you said, I'm rolling down the runway. I'm, I'm all fueled up. I'm ready to go. My path is somewhat planned out, but it was like, once I started to go, Then those limiting beliefs, I would be like, wait, how does this plane fly? Wait, uh, I have too much weight in the back. Oh, nope. Here I am down on the ground again, you know? So, so I think that's kind of like what you were talking about that, you know, so many different times and then, but when you shed those limiting beliefs or that baggage and you have the weight and balance perfect to take off, you know, it's, it's like, then you don't question yourself and you get that momentum and then you get that a little bit more of that belief in yourself and and then you, you keep going. So, yeah. Is
0: that how you think you were able to shed that baggage was with that realization when you opened up your journal and saw you are a daughter of God? Do you think that was the beginning of you saying, hey... I don't need to hold on to this baggage anymore and I'm just going to keep moving forward to figure out how to keep letting it go and setting it down and putting it back where it belongs, which is, it is a part of me, but it's in the past and I no longer have to carry it and hold on to it in the weight that it was. I can just kind of let it be a part of me without it stopping
1: me. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think also, what, like you said, when I opened that journal and I, I mean, there was a lot of good stuff in there um, yeah. that was just a tiny little portion of it, but I, I feel like one of the biggest takeaways that I had too was I forgot what I already knew, if that makes sense, you know? And so it, it's like, we almost have to have like a constant daily, look at ourselves. I mean, I don't, obviously we're super busy and we're not going to be able to constantly do it. But, but I think something that is really important is that we move away from ourself so we can think about what we're thinking, if that makes sense. You know, yeah, like
0: being the observer.
1: Yes. Because it's like, you'll say stuff and I'll say stuff out loud, you know, to my kids or whatever. And I think, did I just say that? but that, that <laughs> right. sounds ridiculous. Like that's not really how I feel or what I mean. But, right. so so I think that's part of it. And and like you said, it was definitely the beginning of this new journey. I was ready to land. you know, yeah. I, I didn't want to run. It was hard, and I, I knew that I had to go through some of this really painful, awful gritty, crap, but I, I knew that it was time. And so I was, I was in the perfect place to do it too. You know, I was, (laughs) (laughs) it was winter time for one thing. Um, when I first Uh started this and you know, I wasn't in a relationship and all I wanted was like looking at these beautiful kids that I have and how amazing they are and in how they make me want to be the best person I can be, not just for them, but for myself. And, and so that was really just this, like, you know, I, I was, I was, I just knew that I had turned a corner and that there was no going back.
0: Yeah. That's, that's so beautiful. One, one of the um, kind of, you know, one of the things that is critical, you had said something earlier about worthiness, right? And, one of the things that's critical in understanding kind of self-worth is that self-worth is about the deservingness. And so, and you spoke about how you kind of didn't feel deserving or you questioned that. So if there was a singular kind of emotion that you would say was kind of the underlying theme in a lot of ways for you throughout, you know, whether it was as a child and a, and a young adult or, even into early adulthood or, or whatever point in your life, is there kind of a, not one emotion, obviously, because we're human and we have all of them, but <laughs> if there was one that was kind of more of the underlying theme for you, do you have an idea of what that might be and what it, what it kind of, how it affected you?
1: I I think it is kind of twofold. Like you're talking about worthiness was definitely like the very first thing that comes to my mind when you say that and i and i think of how many times i i needed to learn how to forgive myself yeah i needed to learn how to trust myself
0: yes and yeah. and
1: so in doing that i could trust other people i could see other people and in a completely more empathetic manner you know I just had so much more love and compassion for other people and and something I was very grateful that my husband said to me
0: my wait my husband
1: (laughs) I call him my husband I love that
0: we got a detour for a second what's a husband
1: He was so
0: cool. He used that.
1: to be my husband, yeah. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. I, cool. I just got tired of saying my ex. And you know, I've had a couple exes, so it's like it's hard to say which one. <laughs> so I,
0: I was husband. My husband. Oh my god, that is so clever. Oh, I think he got another t-shirt line. <laughs>
1: anyway, go ahead. But, Sorry. but in do he something that he really helped me with after we got divorced is He kind of went back and he told me, he goes, remember when this happened or that happened, he kind of came clean with some things. And it, it helped me tremendously because when you love and you trust somebody else, but you don't love and trust what your mind and your heart are telling you. And then, you know, when he would, he would say, no, you're crazy for thinking this or that did not happen or, you know, whatever. And I didn't trust myself and so he helped me kind of go you know what there are really clear I don't know if it's it's not necessarily just an emotion because it kind of feels like a physical thing happening all over my body but there there's very clear and distinct times where you know what is right and you have to trust it and go with it. And then if you don't, and you dig in your heels against that, it's just like, it creates chaos and so many other aspects of your life
0: oh, because sure. you don't, yeah.
1: you don't trust yourself. So I definitely think that was one of them. But the other thing I really think that helped me was now when I say this word, or I don't know, I guess it's kind of two words, but self-reliance, it wasn't just, I don't mean it in the way that, you know, you need to be independent, but. For me, it was kind of a spiritual self-reliance. Like I had some things really holding me back, and I didn't realize until (laughs) you know, like I said, I I started on this journey. And then I, when you say what is that, you know, emotion or that feeling, that was it for me because it it was like it's such a broad, you know, self-reliance in so many different things. But especially when I combined for me and my belief of, you know, uh, a God and, and a savior, like if he can help me, you know, get through this, that made me feel, even though I know it's not as independent sounding, self-reliant, but with him and through him and in this journey together, like I knew I wasn't alone. I knew that there was people on the other side that were helping me and pushing me and prodding me like please don't repeat this repeats and reruns like my grandma always used to say you know and and so i feel like you know between worthiness and self reliance that would be what i would say
0: that's beautiful because it shows kind of how the the one kind of emotional state the unworthiness or that lack of feeling of worthiness right kind of creates this barrier and can stop us and how the other side can be more positive if we want to view it from that positive negative kind of place that self reliance how i see that self reliance is like is the trust and this has been it's really interesting because this has been a really big topic the last 2 weeks that i have seen in in my life and in other people's lives and in just in conversations that i've been having with different people that it it keeps boiling down to trust and that that feeling you talk about you know like that that kind of whole body feeling i call that i call that you know kind of your gut and your intuition right like that deeper knowingness and there's a big difference as you know i've already talked about on the show there's a big difference between feelings and emotions feelings are those physical things that we physically feel in the body whereas emotions are kind of the labels we give to that physical stuff that are tied to kind of the story and the interpretation, right? And the context of kind of how it comes about. So in this instance, we might see it positively and call it, you know, self-reliance. But in that other instance, where we may feel kind of the same thing or have a similar experience, but it seems more negative to us as the observer, it can seem more like it's an unworthiness thing so it's always just interesting how we can have the same or similar experiences you and i could probably talk for hours and com- quote unquote compare which i never ever ever recommend anybody do don't compare no comparing but like if we were comparing from just this loving place of like oh my gosh, you had that experience? Yeah, I had a similar experience. How'd it go for you? Oh, how'd it go for you? I bet that we would find that the majority of us as human beings have a lot of these same thoughts and feelings, but they just get skewed in these really kind of challenging ways that then really just can stop us and hold us back. So I love, I just love the way you have kind of, you know, shared your journey with us today and been able to kind of equate it to your your life, which has been in aviation, but how it started way before you even got in aviation and how that's really been a really strong metaphor and parallel for you in a lot of ways. So if there was one piece of advice that you could offer to, to the listeners today, what what might it be?
1: I think, again, this is my own little take on words, but we have to flip the opposition that we encounter, you know, Mm -hmm. because everything is trying to teach us as we go along and, and like being self-aware so that we recognize those red flags. And, and so it's like, flipping opposition is just an opportunity to look for growth on the other side of the obstacle. And if you, if you take your life and you look at it like that, you know, there's going to be trials, you know, there's going to be challenges. You know, this stuff is going to come up and we all are survivors of something. We all have gone through some really tough things, but I think that's the beauty of it and, and how we can learn and grow and not let it stun our growth. Yeah. So yeah, be open and learn and be grateful for the growth and then again that you know helps us to be kinder and more loving to other people and just be empathetic to others through because we all know that we've all gone through really tough things yeah
0: i love that that's so beautiful i it's interesting i'm wearing a t-shirt today that says grateful woman but it's not grateful as in g-r-a-t-e Uh, A friend of mine used to own a company called Great, Uh G-R-E-A-T, Great Full, F-U-L, Woman. And I'm wearing that shirt, and I didn't even know, you know, it's like, oh, how interesting. And there's, there's a Zen proverb that I really love that says, the obstacle is the path. And that's exactly what you're talking about. The obstacle is the path. And it's kind of like an old spiritual teacher of mine said, the path won't be illuminated till you step on it. So, I started thinking about it when staring at this Zen proverb that was on a poster in my office that said, The obstacle is the path. Well, you can't eliminate the path till you step on it. Okay, so doesn't that mean you have to step on the obstacle? Like you have to, you know, dive into the center essentially of the obstacle, right? Like be in the middle of it in order to actually see. But if you're so stuck, in just viewing it from one perspective and through one lens, you're not really going to see anything outside of it, but like you're talking about with flipping the opposition, then you can kind of be that observer, look at it from a different angle, see the potential gift that is offering up to you in its in its obstacleness right as a Suism
1: <laughs> yes
0: and be able to actually then potentially learn how to move through it. Well, you've generously offered an amazing gift for the the listeners today, and I'm so appreciative of that. Would you like to kind of share a little bit about what it is and, and how they can kind of get access to it from
1: you? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so I am offering to your listeners, just yours, it's a workshop called Creating Lift. And basically going through the workshop, you'll learn Takeaways, and, and you know what are your passions and your talents, and we'll we'll talk about that, and then we also get into you know how are you going to accomplish this goal and create lift in your life, and so it's it's a really. You have to open your heart and open your mind and go in with, you know, really wanting to uncover some things in yourself. So it's, it's really fun to get into, but it's like I said, it's the fun stuff that we love. So, <laughs> um, creating lift is the workshop. The website is called Curiosita C-U-R-I-O-S-I-T-A broker.com. So Curiositabroker.com and definitely get your listeners in there and I would love to work with them and help them through their journey.
0: I love that. Thank you so much, Angela. And so if they're interested in learning more about you and, and maybe working with you more readily, they can go to the same site, Curiositabroker.com and find that information.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it'll ask them to submit their information. And so I can get back in touch with them. Perfect. And yeah, definitely. And I'm also, you know, coming up with the podcast myself. I haven't even launched at all, but definitely getting some in the can right now. And, and that'll just be called the curiosity podcast.
0: I love that. Oh, I can't wait and I hope 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 you will absolutely let me know when you are live with that so that I can make sure that I let the listeners know that you've gone live with that that podcast. I think that'll be amazing. Well, I absolutely want to thank you so much for being here today for being willing to be so real and so vulnerable and so raw with kind of your story and and your history and kind of what led you here and how you've been able to Take and transform some of those very chaotic and and struggling kind of pieces, some of those challenges, and really turn it into creating lift in your own life. You know, and so I I am honored that you came on the show. I am so glad that you're here. I thank you so much.
1: I am so grateful, Susan. I'm honored. I think you're phenomenal, and I'm very grateful to be here.
0: Oh, I adore you. Thank you so much. And and for those of you, if you want more information about Angela Sturgeon, everything will be in the show notes. You'll be able to, to see the link in the show notes. If you like what you've heard today and you want to spread the love, then please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe and share this out with your friends. And I will see you very soon for the next episode. So... Have an awesome, incredibly lifting day and rest of your week. Ciao for now. You've been listening to Infinite Possibilities Rise from the Ashes of Your Past, where you're letting go, discovering who you are, and taking your life back. See the show notes for important links on today's show and go to theinfinitelypossible.com for free resources, feedback, or to let Susan know what you'd like to see on the show.